0: Welcome to Bioethics On Air, the program that brings you thoughtful, in-depth commentary on ethics at the crossroads of science, medicine, and daily life. I'm Jose Lott, your host. We are a broadcast of the National Catholic Bioethics Center in Philadelphia. This is part two of my interview with Jonathan Barry. In part one, John and I discussed the Biden administration's federal vaccine mandate, as well as the legal and constitutional challenges it faces. In this interview, John and I discuss the impact of COVID vaccine mandates on individual Americans. We address religious and conscience objection, what federal law requires and does not require with regard to seeking a religious or conscience exemption, and what people can do if they face termination from employment if they refuse a vaccine. All right, like to um, move from the macro down to the micro. Mm-hmm, so we'll move mm-hmm. from the federal vaccine mandate down to real questions that that individual people have. And and some of these questions are coming from questions that we get. Um, yes, at the NCDC, I'm sure we get this all our, the time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're, 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 we've gotten a lot. It's, it's kind of slowed down, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, uh-huh. it was crazy all summer. So, John, many individuals... Have expressed to us and, and maybe to you and to others as well. They've expressed objections to accepting one of the current uh, COVID nineteen vaccines for religious and/or conscience reasons. Uh-huh. Now we've had we've been having this discussion at the NCBC for a while about you know religious conscience and, and the distinction between them and even the similarities uh-huh. between them from a legal perspective. Can can you tell us? Can you speak a bit about religious? And conscientious objection are they the same thing legally, or are they distinct?
1: That's a it's a it's a great question. Um, they are generally speaking, um, uh, the law does treat them as distinct categories. Um, okay. With the with the big caveat that religion, uh, of course, can be expansive enough to include oftentimes a lot of a lot of, uh, conscience issues, but mm-hmm. to give, um, you know, to, to, to give an example, um, of a, of a conscientious objection that would, that would not be, that's relevant in this case, if you've got someone who is, uh, who has, you know, who's aware of, um, the, the relationship between, uh, between abortion and the derivation of, of some of these vaccines, Uh, recognizing that's kind of factually specific, depending on the development of each of the vaccines and and so on. Um, But who is like, so who is, who's not a religious person? They're just, maybe it's an atheist who is, but who is sort of sincerely pro-life. Uh, that person may have a like. I don't. I don't want even this kind of remote material complicity in abortion. And forgive me, you are the expert in in th- this terminology, not not I.
0: No, um, you said that. Uh, I was very impressed. I like that. Good. Well, thank you. Thank remote you. No um, cooperation. I like
1: that. <laughs> um, so, a, a person in that circumstance um, would be exercising would be interposing a a conscientious objection um, that is not a religious objection to. To receiving the vaccine, so some sometimes that distinction matters. Um, There are, broadly speaking, the law um, is sort of more more affirmative in in terms of protecting um, uh, religion, free exercise of religion um, in a variety of contexts. Uh, But there are there are places where. Specifically, kind of moral or, or conscientious, not non-religious, conscientious objection um, does enjoy legal protection. There's several states, for example, respect um, uh, conscience objections to to vaccines in the school context. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like, there's a lot of state school uh, vaccination mandates. Uh, they tend to have. Um, pretty broad religious uh, accommodations, and, off, and and several, not all, but several, I believe, about fifteen conscience objection uh, accommodations as well. There are um, uh, protections for moral objections to certain kinds of healthcare procedures. I mean, you, obviously, abortion tends to be the elephant mm-hmm. in the room yep. um, in uh, in the healthcare space um, as as well. This was the kind of the body of law that. Uh, Pre- uh, previous uh, podcast guest Roger Severino uh, had responsibility for enforcing when he was at HHS. So there's that's um, you know that's a big big realm,
0: right? But just a, a, a quick follow up to that. So basically, what you're saying is that different jurisdictions are going to understand. Religious objection, conscientious objection, in different ways, and so people living in different parts of the country you kind of need to know that, or, or at least have that understanding, that the legal landscape is going to be different in different places.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, you need to, um, uh, you know, so broad, you know, broadly speaking, there there are certain kinds of protections that are uh, that are baked into federal law um, that are going to be protect that that have their bite, so to speak. Um, Regardless of where you live in the U.S., um, but there is going to be some some state and local variation. Uh, yeah. Well, but the federal law tends to set is sort of the baseline.
0: Right. All right. So my next question—it's not meant to be COVID-specific, although—and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you're aware—we get this. You know, people who are seeking a religious and/or conscious exemption, whatever mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, they're being asked or forced um, to to submit. Reams and reams of paperwork. Um, there's, you know, employers are are making whole big processes about you know trying to yes. to request um, yeah totally an, an exemption. So I, I just and, and again, I know it's there's going to be probably differences and different localities. But I was wondering if you could tell us what is federal law maintain mm-hmm. requesting a religious or conscientious objection what what's required. Of the individual that's requesting it, and maybe what's not required.
1: Yeah, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. So let me let me let me start by saying so. This is um, I think the the law I probably best for me most useful for me to talk about is uh, Title Seven. Uh, so so this is this is the big federal anti discrimination law for employment, um, which is a, the place where often the, um, you know the rubber's really going to meet the road. Okay. You know, get the jab or lose your job, like that kind of that kind of thing but again this is this this obviously this predates this law from 1964 predates um uh covid um title 7 requires accommodation of not just religious uh, belief but also observance or practice um so uh, and requires employers to make deviations or changes or you know called accommodations from what otherwise might be neutral generally applicable workplace policies uh, unless doing so would would impose what's called an undue hardship uh, mm-hmm. on the employer. So, classic example would be for uh, sort of days off for religious observance. So, um, and I'll use just because it's a little it's a little cleaner. You know, the the Sabbatarian faiths. So, um, you know, an observant Jew or a Seventh Day Adventist um, who who may have very strict uh, bound in 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 religion um, mm-hmm. observance to you know not abstain from work sundown to sundown Friday to Saturday um, or something like that. Um, there's a lot, and I think sort of uh, Adventists I think have, have often been the ones litigating this. Um, there's a lot of case law under Title VII uh, enforcing the obligation of employers to to accommodate that kind of schedule, even though that may sometimes come at a cost. Um, you know, if I'm Depending on my 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 business, I may need a certain amount of staffing Friday night, Saturday during the day, uh, and I may have to kind of rotate schedules to accommodate a a Sabbatarian employee, something something like that. And this and this can also be this can be for 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 Catholics or other Christians who, uh, who who've also got a, a strong maybe not as ironclad. You 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 would know. I I'm still figuring this out myself. Uh, a, a obligation to to abstain from work on Sundays.
0: I think uh, we're all be, trying to figure that one out. Yeah, well, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, struggle I think, with right. that
1: one. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, uh, but you know that can even even though at least my my limited understanding is, as a Catholic layman is that there is you know there's uh, you know there's an obligation to to to, to keep this, the Lord's Day holy. Um, doesn't you know? Does it's not necessarily like an iron rule. Um, uh, in, in the Catholic teaching that thou shalt not work um, on on Sundays, for uh, for example, but even so, that um, that command that's not exactly an iron rule um, could still be the source of a religious accommodation uh, objection that needs accommodation under federal law. So. When accommodation, though it is, it is under the law. It's supposed to be a two-way street. Um, it's not simply like religion is not supposed to be and is not recognized as this trump card. You just put it on the table and boom, you get whatever you want. Um, that's that's not how the law works, nor nor should it should it be how it works. Um, uh, instead, you know, generally speaking, the the employer's got to have notice, and it, it, they can either. You know, receive it from the employee, or kind of figure it, just kind of infer it from the circumstances um, that I, I as an employee, have a have kind of a a specifically religious belief or practice which requires some kind of deviation, some kind of change from whatever the norm is uh, in the in in the policy. Um, There is then, um, and then kind of both parties, both the employer and the employee. Are under an obligation to like to kind of oversimplify to be reasonable, um, and so it's be you know be the, the the employer doesn't have to offer an unreasonable accommodation. Saying hey, if I would you know at one extreme, um, like I guess I'm going to have to shut down my business to accommodate you. That's it's a little silly, but that that that, that would not be a reasonable accommodation. But the employer doesn't necessarily have to offer the uh, the employee. Uh, his or her kind of preferred accommodation, so long as that accommodation is reasonable, meaning it um, it, it sort of eliminates the burden on uh, religious exercise, even if it's not necessarily the accommodation that the employee wants. Um, uh, when it comes to the very, I think the very specific issue of of kind of documentation, right, of of, of kind of what uh, the the employer uh, is allowed to. The employer is allowed to make um, sort of reasonable, that is kind of non-harassing um, inquiries into not the, not the validity um, of the employee's uh, belief that no no inquisition, right um, but um, the employer can look at can kind of make reasonable um, requests um, to evaluate the sincerity. Um of that religious belief, do you I, I'm not going to evaluate whether your professed religious belief is true or not? Um, you know, your typical employer not competent to make that make that evaluation. but I am going to look at I need to know um so I understand whether I actually have a duty or not to accommodate you. I need to know like do you actually hold this belief? like do you sincerely hold it? and and you know sometimes that can be inferred from circumstances. Um, and and sometimes it can be negated or, or at least called into question. So, you know, an example of I've been, I, I've been kind of chugging along uh, there, an example that the um, there's a there's great kind of detailed guidance from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission published in the, uh, the last days of the Trump administration, talking about uh, accommodation of religion. They give an example of someone who has been uh, he's been in a workplace, he's been in a union and unions have similar uh, duties under title seven, uh, been in, he's been in a union in his workplace for 14 years. Um, union, you know, raises their, their dues a little bit. Um, and, and the employee, the mem- union member responds by saying, um, I have a religious objection to paying dues to a labor union. I'm like, wait a minute. 've been you've been in the union for 14 years uh, um that doesn't necessarily like you there can in fact be you know circumstances arise where people sort of newly appreciate that uh, the potential ethical or religious issues implicated here and I think you're probably seeing this a lot with covid and vaccines like oh a lot
0: absolutely of
1: are, are learning about yeah. um the that that link um the it's kind of, of the
0: you, silver lining of this whole thing is people are becoming people are getting educated, educated about that yeah, yes
1: absolutely. yeah uh and, and so that's um you know that's that that that's an important issue but an employer has to an employer's got to be got to be reasonable it doesn't and and doesn't and can't necessarily insist on a like a specific form of information it just has to be uh, information that objectively will tend to show that yeah this is a this is a sincerely held religious belief so can't require you know the the an employee, to, to put it in a Catholic context, an employer can't hand the employee, you know, here's what here's what your Pope has said, um, <laughs> and to like rebut this or submit, um, like Which that's not has happened I, happened. I believe it, and that's and and that's kind of I mean that, that that's kind of the the approach that the we were talking earlier about the governor of New York that she's taken um, uh, uh, as in in the context of their vaccine mandate, um, so. You, you, you can't you can't require some specific form of evidence, but you can require um, if there's like a reason to question the sincerity of, of the belief. Um, you can you you, you can't ask for a kind of corroboration uh, that this is actually what you believe.
0: That just begs the question that that mm-hmm. came out, and it's sort of a negative way. I don't mean it that way, but that begs kind of my first follow-up question: is what information then can an employer? And maybe you know, including government in that, what what legally can they ask for with regards to religious or conscience exemptions? Because that's a so, question we get. It's it's you know, I, I think you're right with the you know, certainly an employer has a right to to um, kind of examine the sincerity of someone's beliefs. But then when we're, I mean, people will send us the you know the the vaccine mandate forms that their employers are giving them and they are pages upon pages upon pages asking them to write this, you know, write, you know, write essays about their life and their belief and everything else. So, so where's, I guess the question is, where's the balance?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, and, and some of those, um, kind of burdensome requests, like really, um, in, in, in my view could, and it's all fact specific, but it, it could be a, um, Really, kind of a burden like, or, or or sort of pretextual, like this is. I'm looking for reasons to not give you what you're what you're asking for. That's that's potentially a problem under the law. Like, there may be a kind of 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 sort of anti-religious animus um, or bias uh, there, which is itself, um, you know, an impermissible motive for an employer to take action under under Title Seven. Um, so that you know, that's there's there's that kind of issue. The or it may simply be an un an unreasonable ask. I think the I think the courts right now are. This has been like historically. This has been a relatively quiet or comparatively quiet area of the law. It's really just the depth and breadth of you know the kind of the flood of 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 controversy over this um, is really I think forcing courts to grapple with this a lot more. Kind of, at what point does um, like a documentation request substantiating your your religious accommodation request? Uh, uh, what t- at what point does that employer burden that paperwork obligation, whatever, does that become unre- just kind of unreasonable in itself? Um, the the other thing I would say is so they 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 can lo- inquire, sort of upon uh, kind of adequate suspicion or whatever, um, as to sincerity they can also kind of relatedly, um, they can look at whether this is a specifically, sincerely religious belief. Because like Title, title seven, uh only, or religious exercise, T- uh, Title seven, Um does not have um, a protection for kind of, I don't know, moral objection or something like that. And it would be candidly be kind of tough to figure out how to even write that law. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but... Um, you would have, and and I, I think I think the reality, of course, is these are pretty some of these are pretty nuanced distinctions and questions. Like I may have a you know someone someone may have a, like a Catholic, for example, could have could could ultimately come to the conclusion that he or she doesn't want to uh, receive the vaccine uh, for reasons that you could characterize you, you might be able to characterize as uh, as religious, relating, for example, to objections or concerns concerning the nexus with abortion um, but may also have kind of additional prudential concerns uh, for, uh, for example and it's a prudence that is informed by religious conscience is it um is that does that continue to be an exercise of religion in a ways ways that the laws recognize i don't know um uh so it's and and i think you can safely assume your typical Sort of hr professional administering some vaccine po- uh, policy may or may not be really sensitive to the nuances here okay? um just not you know if your if your ordinary job is to kind of administer payroll and um and kind of enforce uh kind of basic anti-discrimination protections kind of the common purview of a lot of hr offices this is getting pretty nuanced
0: yeah i gotta think there's going to be a lot of law school papers and probably uh, you know, doctoral dissertations in the future, uh, trying to figure out all of this stuff. Oh forward. yes,
1: goodness, yes. Yeah. Um, there it's uh, a lot of lot of publications, a lot of ink spilled. Um, uh, no, no question.
0: Yeah, I, I, second follow up to this question, and, and it has to do with with a priest or a religious leader signing one's religious exemption request. As as you know, and, and as our listeners know, there that's been a um, Certainly a uh, well a disputed question. Let's just just uh-huh. leave it at that. Uh-huh. I mean, there is there are some bishops here in the U.S. who have who have said yes. You know, um, priests are are free to to sign these religious uh, exemption requests others have said no uh, and others are saying why do we even need a priest i mean that's kind of the ncbc's position Just mm-hmm, say you don't mm-hmm. you don't really need a priest's signature to to say what the church teaches on these issues so it's so all of this is 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 kind of swirling around too but from a legal perspective I, talk about that if you would does you know yeah. what, does a priest or religious leader need to sign a religious exemption request and does is it helpful if one does
1: right right so the first on the on the first one, I, I, I think it is likely the case, you know, you always this is a this is candidly kind of a fuzzy area of the law. So you're always <laughs> antsy to make categorical pronouncements. So we won't,
0: we won't hold you to anything.
1: Here right. I appreciate that. Uh, uh Like. So likely, no, when um that or let me let me rephrase. An employer um likely cannot require. Um, that specific form of, of evidence, of, of substantiation. Like they're the, you know, the, the employer is entitled to, to evaluate sincerity. Um, the employer um, is not entitled to demand that um, uh, sort of the evidence the employee supplies meet a particular form uh, or format or kind. Um, the the other piece I would I would mention is that I think really relevant to the law, like the law is uh, the the law protects most most importantly, although there's other there, there's other pieces that are interesting here too. But most importantly, it's protecting um, individual exercise of religion. It also protects corporate exercise of religion in other respects. But uh, what's relevant here is individual exercise, um, and the reason that's important is. Um, It literally does not matter under the law um, if an individual's exercise of religion is and and what he or she believes they're kind of he or she is obliged to do in religion um, or not do, even if that is in overt conflict um, with the official teaching uh, or alleged official teaching. uh, of 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 a bo- the religious body the church um a movement whatever uh that the person belongs to like obviously like uh sort of within a religious context like that stuff that ma- that can matter um uh but as a matter of law it doesn't you could have you can be literally you can be literally a church of one um uh of yourself and is as so long as it is uh, a sincere belief uh and it is a uh, a religious belief um, it's protected um, and so the fact that the you know the, the fact that the, the, there is possibly and you've had to deal with the nuances of this far more than I have possibly some some tension or divergence or apparent tension between you know what um, what someone comes in and ask comes in asking for a uh, religious combination and and like the professed um, what, what may have been said by people kind of in the hierarchy, religious hierarchy above that person, not, um, not really, not really relevant so long as, um, there's still, you know, it's still a sincere belief. Right.
0: All right. So here's the money question. Mm -hmm. This, this, our, our, everything we've been talking about kind of leads me to this question. So the NCBC fields calls, we field emails through our 24 hour, Consult service, um, we get these calls, emails from people whose request for a religious or a conscience exemption has been turned down Mm -hmm. and they now face termination from their jobs. They ask us what to do. What advice um, would you offer these people from, obviously, from the legal perspective?
1: Mm -hmm. So here... um uh, you know, obviously, every every situation is different, um, and and I you know I can't offer anyone personal legal advice over a podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: Please I do don't... not take it. Well, actually, we should... this not legal advice.
1: I, I am a lawyer. I am not your lawyer. Who, who are <laughs> um, uh, but what I so a, a couple a couple of considerations. Um, uh, one is it's it's going to be best practice to to document everything. Um, to make it very, very clear, you've got a clear record of what's of what's happened. You wanna you wanna make sure that you've put forward um, a, a sort of strong case that you, your best case that this is indeed sincerely your your religious belief that's motivating you to ask for this accommodation. Um, that's uh, that's important. Um, you really want to get your get your employer to explain. All right. What exactly is what's like kind of what's the problem here? Like, what's um, the the fact that if I have to the, the mere fact, for example, that if I the employer have to give you the employee an accommodation, like other people might ask for the same. That's not that that's not really um, a, a, a good ground uh, or a, a ground the law is going to um, recognize. Although, I like everything, I've got to qualify that and there's caveats. Um, uh, Another thing to, to to think about very seriously is, and I've I've you know I've I've spoken I've I've informally given counsel to people on this um, personally, that a lot of employers um, will try to if you're if they're putting you in that situation, um, they're going to try to get you to resign, quit, um, rather than actually take the step of firing you.
0: That's I um, wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, if you talk about that, yeah. that was a question I wanted yeah. to ask.
1: And, and so the. The reason um, I, I think the the re- and you know there can be so one reason to consider um, taking the the voluntary termination route just kind of quitting or resigning. Um, there is it may allow you um, leeway with kind of future job applications to say like because some some jobs will a- applications will ask hey. Uh, have you ever been fired uh, from a from a job or something like that? And you don't you, you know all else equal, you don't want to have to explain that. Um, uh, you know, no one no one would want that. Um, so that's kind of one consideration on on that side. Consideration on the other side um, is that if you um, if you want to make some kind of claim against your employer, either uh, either in a lawsuit or um, maybe more commonly, a little bit lower, kind of lower stakes than than a lawsuit. But going for unemployment insurance, um, if you want to collect UI, um, if it is still possible under, I, I think it's fair to say generically this doctrine of constructive discharge that if you 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 resign, but it was clear that it was under pressure from your employer saying quit or be fired. Um, that, that probably that's often going to count as being invol as being fired, um, making it likelier um, that you um, that you're going to qualify for UI UI and have that support um, for for a time before hopefully you get you get your next job. Um, it is just to oversimplify. It is easier to present a, a kind of a, a good claim for unemployment insurance if you've been fired rather than voluntarily quit. Um. Or 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 can be presented as having voluntarily quit, and you know, employers will want will often not not always, but often want to contest that because if you if you lay claim to unemployment insurance having been fired from them, uh, their premiums can go up. Right. Um. Like, and can be yeah. more expensive for them going forward.
0: Yeah. Wow, John, we have talked about a lot. <laughs> In, in this interview, I'm, before we conclude, I was just wondering if there's anything else that you would want before I ask you your words of wisdom, because I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you for your words of wisdom. But is there any further information that you would like our listeners to know, or have we hit everything?
1: I mean, I, I think um, I think the last the last thing I would say is just reading the you look at the you look at the trend lines from how how court cases are going in terms of grappling with these mandates, especially the ones coming out of the Biden administration, um, they're taking on, th- those mandates are taking on a lot of water. Um, uh, and I would not- And you mean
0: that in a bad way?
1: I mean, a bad way for them. Um, yes. the, um, yeah. Meaning that there's, there's, I think, increasing momentum uh, from the courts um, saying that the administration is overstepped and does not have the power um, to force- uh, to force vaccines on those who object for whatever reason, um, uh, whether, whether the reason is specifically religious or not. Um, and so that is, as you're, as you're, as you're counting the cost and thinking about, um, what to do, um, understand that at least as far as federal governmental policy is concerned, um, that, that pressure may subside. Um, and so that's something I think to, to carefully consider.
0: Very good. John, what final words of wisdom do you have for our listeners?
1: So I would I, I would say, um, especially for our our fellow Catholics, uh, I hope, hope there's non-Catholics too listening, but uh, for our fellow Catholics, uh, good, um, <laughs> uh, listening to this podcast, um, I, I think circumstances like this, and I know this has been true in my own personal life, like these kinds of pressures really, really raise the stakes on having a well-formed conscience. Um, uh, you know educating yourself uh, further kind of forming yourself um, with uh, with what our church has to teach um, uh, is, uh, is 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 of vital importance um, so that you don't um, you, you you don't um, do things or abstain from doing things forbear from doing things um out of out of misguided beliefs or misunderstandings of what Of what teachings are and at the same time when um if you are put in a place where it really does look like push is coming to shove um you can uh, you can um decline demur or resist in in good conscience knowing that you know you've done you've done your best to understand what kind of obligations you're under as um as a member of christ's body and just you know come come what may awesome Jonathan
0: Barry, Boyd and Gray and Associates, thank you for joining me on Bioethics On Air.
1: Thank you so much, Joe. This has been a blast. And I look forward to that beer, or maybe even the scotch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to hold you to it. For more information on these topics and other bioethical issues, please visit our website, ncbcenter.org, and subscribe to our publications, Ethics and Medics, and the National Catholic Bioethics Quarterly. The views expressed on Bioethics on Air are not necessarily those of the National Catholic Bioethics Center. If you have comments or questions about this or any of our podcasts, or if you would like to subscribe to our newsletter or our Bioethics Public Policy Report, please contact me, your host, Joe Zayla. Archived editions of our podcast are available on our website. Please hover on the Blogs and Podcasts button on the main page, and then click Bioethics on Air. Finally, if you enjoy our podcasts and would like to support them, as well as the mission and ongoing work of the NCBC, please go to our website, again, ncbcenter.org, and click on the red Donate button. Thank you for listening, and may God's peace be with you.